happening, everybody? My name is Julius. I'm Brian. Brian's up there with that lag, but I understand why. Because, <laughs> I mean, I'm excited too. I'm excited to talk about this film with Brian because I think Brian spiritually is very invested in a film like this because this film actually does deal, delve into spirituality when it comes to horror films, kind of more so than any other we've talked about, Brian. I mean, maybe a contender could be Carrie, um, mm. but with this, Will- or even Midsommar. Uh, Midsommar. With this, uh, spirituality, and faith, and will are tested. And the movie that we're talking about is The Mist. It came out in 2007. It was directed by Frank Darabont. It's based on Stephen King's novel. The Mist is a movie, okay, about this man and his little boy. They go to the supermarket one morning. They run into all these people. There's a big, like, hurricane coming. It's forecasted that there's going to be some bad weather, so everyone's trying to stock up. But on the way to the market, they see military, like, just, like, headed the other direction. And it's kind of like, oh, okay, so they're going to go through like a training exercise. What's going on? Uh, we don't have to worry about it. They get to this market and suddenly this insanely fast and growing mist surrounds everything. And it's, it's freaky. You know, anyone would be frightened by it because you don't know what's going on. And then they're all trapped. They all try to work together at first. But once the religious fundamentalist comes in and starts taking the credit for what's happening everyone gets rowdy mobs are formed sides are taken and uh wildness ensues so brian with the mist uh you told me before this that you love the film when did you first watch it what specifically about the story spoke to you uh well i was gonna say that was a really great uh lead way into how this movie does delve into uh the act of spirituality and what do people do when they're compromised with something that does go either against or for their faith. Right. Uh, but yeah, uh, I first watched this movie when I was uh, 10 years old. I watched the original cut first. With Jesus, the, uh, dude. Black and white, and it really freaked me out. And then two <laughs> years later, I decided to watch it again with a couple <laughs> of friends uh, of the uh, colored version. Uh, I prefer the black and white version because it gives a little bit more depth into how the film was supposed to be reviewed as, especially within the whole book and how Stephen King wrote. Um, but yeah, and also movies, it uh, black and white. I'm sorry to interrupt, but a oh black no, totally fine. a black and white filter will help, sh like kind of uh, mask some of the effects that aren't the best mm -hmm. in the yes. colored version. You know, because some of the CG isn't the best. I'm sure a yes. black and white filter makes it look better. No, yeah, the black and white does make it look a little bit more practical. Uh, mm -hmm. It's really interesting uh, to see where they went with the with the whole colored version. I mean, I understand what mainstream audiences may not appreciate black and white anymore because of how right. much years of our vision has been adapted to. But one of my favorite films that kind of reminded me of it was uh, watching The Lighthouse. Uh, oh, yeah. A great movie with Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe. Uh, there is some scenes I would say that are kind of hard to see with the black and white, but it really does give you that sense of uh, that they are in this despair area and that they're just by themselves. And I feel like that's yeah. the same thing with the mist where everything is around them and they are in this room of despair and they have no other choice but to just slowly die off within this room. Yeah. And no one is willing to go out because for, for one thing, it's pretty 
frightening just how quickly the mist takes over the building. Uh, that enough is enough to make someone worried about driving. You don't want to hit anything. But then crazy stuff starts to happen. You know, creatures start showing up. Tentacles start uh, showing up. Uh, people start going missing. And of course, there's the um, one woman who is very distant because of her faith. She's like complete, like Old Testament. Like she's down with the cause, you know, in the supermarket. She becomes... Uh, uh, she virtually becomes Carrie's mother, a very uh, she does, yeah, and down to, within her own faith, but willing to torture others to show to sort of show that her point is true. I mean, what she's really doing is looking for control, you know, and the she is really the villain within this story, which is uh, one of the you know, I in my opinion, one of the better parts of the film because at first I didn't like it because of her character. I didn't like the movie because of her character. Um, because realistically, I think someone would shut her up, honestly. I mean, like, just, bitch, would you shut the, f you know what I mean? Because she really does go on and on and on. You know what I mean? In, in real life, someone would probably say, dude, shut the hell, don't even listen to her. Don't even listen to her because she's not doing anything productive. She's just trying to scare people so that what happens <laughs> in the, the end happens. Others, yeah, of faith, yeah, of their faith, you know, mm -hmm. and and it's hard to argue, honestly. It is hard to argue with all the things that are happening because because that's one of the brilliant parts of the character's writing is that she's the ultimate. She's not just religious or you know filled with faith or anything. She's a opportunist. She's the ultimate religious person. But she's an opportunist, so she takes this opportunity to really get her points across people turning atheists into, you know, religiously feared people. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, and we'll get into that whole religion, uh, you know, discussion. Of because course. It's a very big part of it. Uh, but how did oh, you... Oh, no, yeah, it's a very amazingly well done. Absolutely. So how did you fear, fear, fear? How did you feel... <laughs> fear. About... The uh, way this film was executed, the story, the characters, and more importantly, the atmosphere. And uh, there's I that lag say, again. Uh, oh, there's that lag, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't think the lag is there anymore, but I'll be quick with my thing before the lag gets me. Uh, I will say, just like your point that you didn't really like the religious fanatic during the beginning of the film and then towards the end, you sort of saw the reasoning behind her character and why she's in the film, I felt the same way with uh, with the majority of the other characters. I really wasn't the biggest fans of them, or I saw some characters like, oh, they're typecasted for this role or this way. And I feel like, oh, these military guys are gonna be like the heroes at the end of the day. And it's gonna be one of those feel good um, sort of, oh, we're gonna make it out. But no, it totally does a 180. The nope. military people kill themselves. Uh, the, actually the entire people, who supported the military, you would imagine, uh, actually throw them into the fire that they yeah. sort of created because of this whole religious fanatic gets the majority of people to sort of arm against them on themselves, saying that they caused this entire fear and they caused this situation upon them. And you get some of the more reasonable people within the actual film who are sort of the last hope of the remaining children and the people who are maybe not sewn in tone in religion to sort of leave the area. Finally, with the most shocking ending of almost all 
film, which I feel like I don't want to really talk about the ending because I feel like for some people who have never seen this movie, they really should watch this movie. Yeah. Uh, so I guess we'll do a spoiler alert. We, we will. Well, later yeah. we'll talk about the very end because that's something mm-hmm. I do want to discuss with oh, yeah. you about. Um, but yeah, you're completely right. The way that this film turns from a crazy horror science fiction film to just a social commentary about how people are easily swayed. What everything you're saying really does remind me of what made the host frightening. You know, it wasn't the monster. It was the people. It was the reactionist uh, reaction. Uh, And that was freaky in this film. And it made me, it got me angry. (laughs) It got me frightened. Um, And when that, you know, when, when that lady, I mean, spoilers, once again, when she got hers, the religious woman. I mean, I'm not, I'm never like, yeah, bitch. But uh, well, at least her rhetoric won't keep, keep hurting on yeah, people, keep hurting yeah. people. Right. It won't go any further to the point where now, I mean, it will you know. still keep hurting people because she did leave such a huge impact, but her yeah. herself, I mean, she may be viewed as a martyr, but as long as she's not, you know, still alive within sort of coercing people into doing even more crazier Right. Yeah. And also once this mist does clear up, these people are going to have to answer to the mm-hmm. authority, you know, to the sure. military, like what the, what the hell is going on in here? And I um, will say, I love the whole symbolism of relating to the mist, you know, how the host does the whole thing where it's about the environment, about government hiding things uh, from the people and then blaming it on them. I feel like that's the whole thing with the mist. It's like, it's not about the creatures. It's about the peoples themselves. And so that's why you can't see anything else because it's sort of people's clouded judgments and fear of others you know absolutely yeah it's that's a perfect way of saying it and also i I mean the mist this goes without saying but it is fear of the unknown you know and i do love that everyone has their own interpretation of what the mist is you know there's obviously the religious interpretation there's the scientific interpretation there's that point where the military uh soldier he's explaining what happened right He's explaining why this happened. There were scientists who were like opening portals to other dimensions. And it sounds ridiculous when he says it, but that's easily spun, right? They easily spin it. It's like, oh, you were testing God's will. You were doing this. You were, you were perversing nature, you know, and look what happened. You know, all these creatures start showing up. Uh, I know that within Stephen King's uh, writing, there is a multiverse idea, you know, certain books connect with each other. I've not read the mist itself, but I think it is cool how this teases that multiverse within mm-hmm. Stephen King's writings, you know, cause we all know that, uh, Pennywise, the clown from it is connected to, uh, these cosmic beings and, you know, the, the turtle of reality. Uh, there's the dark tower, which connects all Stephen King's worlds together. And it was really cool that they, showed you know elements of that within this movie you know what i mean yeah i feel that it's sort of the same way how hp lovecraft's books sort of have like a like a spiritual slash uh ethereal um, connection with all of them Mm -hmm. yeah i mean if they did do a movie i mean i know they did the dark tower film a couple years ago but that wasn't a big success but if they did like a, a movie or a series about the universe of uh, Stephen King, they could easily connect, like show this 
like footage from this you know what i mean it, it would oh, yeah, com- completely fit completely or they could at least show some of the creatures that were in this film uh you know like the, there's that really great shot of one when they're escaping at the very end they come across this giant lumbering monster mm-hmm. it, it looks like Lovecraftian and it looks beautiful <laughs> and and that was one of the few uh special effects that worked because it was hidden in in the mist you know it wasn't like a ton to gold that looked like some you know ps2 uh cuts ps2 scene. graphics yeah <laughs> um yeah so what did you think about the characters within this did you think that they were fully developed do you think they were relatable uh what did you think about them well, uh, I would say that they're very, I'm so sorry. I totally forget his name sometimes, the guy who makes these movies and TV shows. Uh, Frank Darabont? Frank Darabont. I totally, yeah. yeah. Frank Darabont, he has a really great cast with him. You know, he, uh, all these people are great friends with him and they all really connect well with each other. You see this with The Walking Dead and other movies that they've been a part of. Oh, yeah. Uh, there are some Walking Dead actors in this uh, film, mm-hmm. and Frank Darabont helped with the development of that show, uh, and it was great at the beginning. Yeah, and then AMC was like, "No, <laughs> <laughs> we want to make money." <laughs> but no, um, I told I think that the characters themselves are, you could say bland uh, you know like the characters written themselves are not the most interesting but the mm-hmm. people who are portraying them the actors themselves really make the film great yeah especially the woman who plays the i, I mean i we, you've seen this actress everywhere but she <laughs> plays the uh religious fundamentalist in this movie she's incredible in it oh yeah amazing yeah she's really good thomas jane i thought was fine in it uh, i like thomas jane uh usually um and I thought he was really, you know, fine in this. Um, there, there was the actress from The Walking Dead who I believe she played Andrea, the blonde woman. Yeah. She, I thought she was really good in it. And there was the black actor who was in <laughs> Fantastic Four, Rise <laughs> of the Silver Surfer. Yeah. Much better in this than in that. Better, well, yes. better utilized within this story than that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, that God, that movie sucked. Uh but <laughs> I, yeah, you're right. I think that the characters themselves are okay. They are pushed to a certain limit, especially by the end, you know, like, um, yes, extremely. Uh, Jesus. And we'll talk about that ending because I felt very conflicted on it. Um, one thing, Brian, I wanted to ask you since you are a man of faith, I'm curious you. how <laughs> you're welcome. You're welcome. I'm curious how, this impacted that if at all how did you feel as a man of faith watching this movie and you see the dark side of not i'm not going to say religion but of faith you know would, and how it's used say, i would use yeah the corruption of how faith could be used to uh yeah utilize against people um i totally i mean it doesn't really do anything against sort of my belief in faith you right. could say but it does show an opening on how corrupt people can use and abuse faith to sort of get their point of view you know it's right. very similar to a lot of historical uh things that have happened during the days where people like um uh charles uh like charles manson you know he used faith to abuse and eventually uh change people's sort of view and outplay on life to do murder and to do yeah. satanic rituals but in order in their minds it was seen as good and i think that it's the same thing is that when people are desperate and they are from a situation of life and death, 
they are going to go with someone who is perceived or the most charismatic or the person who is saying that, oh, you see this? This is evidence of that. Simpsons right. did it. <laughs> the Simpsons did it. Yeah, you they predicted it. it. <laughs> they predicted I feel, it. Yeah, it's the corruption and the abuse of faith that allows these people to sort of get their points of views to corrupt others. I, I love what you said about how people have a tendency to look towards the people who mm-hmm. connect the dots, as it were, let's say. Mm-hmm. There's a famous fan edit, famous for decades at this point, of The Wizard of Oz syncing up with Dark Side of the Moon, right, by Pink Floyd. And there's this, it's a trick of the brain, honestly, you know, like the brain sees what it wants to see. And you see all these connections with the lyrics and how, how the, the, the songs transition in the album along with the film. And it is freaky. Like, you know, you start thinking, did they make this album to connect with the wizard of Oz? (laughs) When the actuality is, it's probably a really insane coincidence. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? It's dope, but it's a coincidence, you know, and and the pro and and the, what really did get me more mad about this movie while watching it when this religious woman is just spouting all this crap, you know, like oh this is it, this is it, this is the end of the world, is that there's no one, there was no one there with a valid argument against it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think that was the the deciding factor in how this became a mob more so than a community. Sure. Because I mean, who would be there, right? I mean, the soldiers, they're grunts. They don't know any. They're not physicists. They don't know what's actually happening. Mm-hmm. They, even when he gave his explanation of what happened, it it wasn't enough because he's, he's not even a um, an expert. And I feel like it's similar to what's going on this year, right? With people mm-hmm. who, who believe in coronavirus, who don't believe in it, what, you know, like what what will it take for some people to believe that this shit is actually happening? You know, Oh, sure. it's just the conspiracy, man. You know, uh, it, it's really uncanny how you, I, I mean, look at me, I'm connecting the dots right now, <laughs> you know, to, to this <laughs> movie. To Yo, that. He said Simpsons did it. It's gotta be true. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, it's, it's funny, man. And I think this I movie really say, take care of I was going to say, I was going to do a little side plot from that, from what you were saying, how no one, uh, who was in the hierarchy, uh, a scientist or someone who knew what was going on, didn't right. wasn't able to combat against that. I will bring the point of someone who is uh, a religious believer also, but who knows the word and who doesn't want to use it. Or not saying that she was using the word specifically as she was an evil person. Maybe it was just the drastic sense of the area that made her into such a cruel person. But I was surprised that no one else of faith was able to challenge her and saying that this doesn't really show in the Bible. These aren't right. really signs of the end time themselves. There are some signals of this. There are some creatures that are coming out of nowhere. But us as believers, we wouldn't be here. Does this show right. that we are not true believers? So then this isn't the end times. We don't really have to be afraid, you know? I was really surprised that there wasn't someone else of faith to challenge her faith. I, I completely agree. And I wonder how an interaction like that would go. Mm-hmm. And I think the reason why that didn't happen is because this is much more of a commentary on mob mentality, because True. I mean, look at politics for, for instance, right? Yes. You can say certain words that will win people over, right? Oh, yeah. You can like, there are certain words that are key 
<laughs> to winning someone over or or crowds of people. Patriotism True. is one of these words. Mm-hmm. Patriotism. Bringing up nine eleven. You, you know nine eleven. Yeah. The flag, kneeling. What? You know what I mean? Like that type of stuff. They're trigger words. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this movie really delved into that with that character where mm-hmm. it explored how these words were used to make, you know, to execute. I mean, there were sacrifices at, uh, at a certain point. Yeah. Uh, terrifying, terrifying, honestly. Hordes of people like uh, kill the kid, kill the child. Right. That is. That was. Yeah, it's nuts, was, man. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. It was started getting wild. I honestly, man. It's such a great movie. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Get the fuck out. But and by the <laughs> way, I, I think it's interesting how Frank Darabont ha- is fascinated with Stephen King's uh, work. Mm-hmm. You, you know this, and you compare it to other movies that he's directed, like Shawshank Redemption. Even Stephen King's stories, like those, are so separate. You wouldn't even imagine that they're from the same writer and director. Mm-hmm. You know from what I mean? The same mind of his. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, it, the way that he approached The Mist. Completely different from how he approached Shawshank Redemption, Green Mile, and it's all coming from the same author. It just shows how versatile a director Frank Darabont is, you know? True. I mean, I love Shawshank Redemption. I love that. Oh, no. Yeah, me too. Wait, wait, hold on. Hold on. I love it. (laughs) I love it. Shawshank Redemption. I'm loving it. (laughs) If only they had Big Macs in uh, Shawshank Redemption. (laughs) If only. Okay, Brian, do you have any? Oh, oh, right. We have to talk about the ending. We have to talk about the ending. So how did you feel about the ending? Uh, I felt really depressed. I didn't want to leave my room for an entire week because that ending really uh, made me feel. All right. Can I actually go into a little depth of why it's such a great ending? Oh, well, I think that's completely fair because I'm going to go into why it's a bad ending. All right, that's completely fair. A little <laughs> contrast and a contradiction. The yeah. reason why I enjoy the ending is that I will say there are some parts that don't make sense. The build up to it with certain people being killed and certain people not being killed. Uh, like the I, like, there's one sense of how the monsters do work and then in the next minute they're completely different, which makes no sense from just a written standpoint. They're punks. But, uh, they're pu- punks, yeah, basically. Uh, but there's one point which, uh, where the father, uh, the main character that we follow throughout this entire journey, has uh, breaks down in his car, and there's no more gas in their car. Yep. And he has to sacrifice everyone's lives, and he takes uh, a magnum and he shoots his own child, uh, one of the women, and two of the elders. I believe so, right? It's yeah. uh, five people yeah. included yeah. with him. Uh, and finally, at the last minute, he tries to shoot himself, and the bullet doesn't work. Um, right. So from that, he is in screaming agony and a pain that he just shot his own child, and he can't uh, kill himself. So he takes a moment to recollect himself and to jump out of his car and to let the elements take it, let the monsters of the yeah, he's calling take them. his life. Yeah. Come get me, you bastard. Come get me. I'm the Punisher. <laughs> I'm the Punisher. And at that moment... The military comes out of nowhere and saves them. And, and the mist clears, by the way. The, the mist, clear, the it's mist over. is no longer there. It's the over. invasion yeah. is over. The military yeah. comes out of nowhere. The population, <laughs> the people, everyone starts coming in. They start burning all the monsters. And this father is just out here crying, devastated <laughs> that he just killed his own child from just moments away of being free. And it is. And he looks a, to the camera and he's like, oh. <laughs> he's like, oh. <laughs> 
the Curb Your Enthusiasm theme starts playing. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Are, hello? Are you? Oh, no, no, I'm there. I'm here. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm sorry for are, are, are you oh, done? No, oh, no, you're good. Okay. So for you, why did this ending work? Hmm? Why did, did this ending for why did this ending work for you? Uh, the ending worked for me because I thought it shows uh, how people are really desperate to sort of get with peace. You know, they're mm-hmm. when they feel like their lives are over, they feel like death is the only way to sort of clear their mind of any more pain on the world. And so right. he wanted that for his son to no longer live in the pain of this world with everything seeming to them that it was the end of the world they can't even leave a supermarket now they're on the run and their car's broken down they feel like they'll die at any moment i right. i understand why he did that but i feel like because it deals with so much with religious faith and religious content i felt like he should have known or at least the characters around them should have known that they could have just waited a little bit more longer you know right so for you you enjoyed the ending because it did show the conflict that was brewed because this conflict made everyone question themselves. And also it changed them, you know, it changed how they, what they believe protection really is. Right. Mm -hmm. Cause at the beginning it's let's board up the doors, right. Board up the windows. Mm -hmm. Let's fight back. Right. But that proved not to work. Yeah. So now let's just take ourselves out. That's the ultimate way of reaching peace, reaching protection and no more suffering. Right. That, that's where you're coming from. Yeah, basically, like, they tried everything. They're, they've been working on everything, and it's shown to be fruitless, and they feel like, then what is the point of going on? What is the movement of even thinking about anything that will come and save us? And I feel like that speaks a lot for people who feel like that. You know, there's a sort of mentality of, I keep on trying, I keep on working on my life, but for yeah. some reason, it's always bringing me back down, and it feels like there's no point on living on. You know, I think that's a fair way of looking at that ending. Um, I wouldn't blame, like, you're stupid for thinking that way. No, I wouldn't say that. Um, but but you are. And also... Uh, but you are. You're not thinking as a, as a moviegoer. Like you're, not, you're not thinking as a uh, human being. But I actually am um, interested in your way, because I don't think I've ever heard you, uh, why you don't like this. Right. Right. Uh, well, I like the movie a lot. I, I mean, do. Uh, it's the ending the that ending. I. Sorry. Yeah, it's the ending that I'm not a fan of. The ending, I think, his action, his choice, his choices were limited at that moment. Obviously, obviously, right? What else was he gonna do? My problem with it is that I think his choice speaks against uh, his whole character progression within the film and his his duty to protect his son at all costs. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can definitely I just, see that. Yeah. Yeah. I just, him shooting his son, I think is completely, uh, it just goes against all, all the work that had been put, you know, that had happened throughout the whole film. The struggle I felt was you know, just diminished at that point. It mm-hmm. reminded, it didn't remind me to this extent, but I was thinking about Deadpool two, where you have a post credit scene where he gets a fucking time machine and he yeah. goes back and he undoes the whole film. Undoes everything. And yeah. he doesn't learn anything, nothing, none of that happened. Oh, I get I get what I want in the very end. You know, there's no sacrifice. 
You know what I mean? And, and obviously with this scene, there is sacrifice, but I just felt like the action had gone against the point of the film. Everything that he's done. Yeah. yeah that the, he has been doing everything, fought every single monster, trying and through to protect his child. And protect the his end, son. The ultimate person to end his child's life and to make his child in danger was himself. I mean, like you put the child first in my opinion <laughs> and, and i'm not trying to come at this as a at, in a moral direction because this movie is not about morale i mean it is about morality but it's not about how people are moral it's about how their moral morality can be bent you right <laughs> so i do get why it went in that direction but for me it just wasn't sufficient because i just felt that his character I just don't see him doing shooting his kid and these other people, especially when you're right. They could have just waited. They don't know exactly. They don't, for one thing, they don't know how far they've gone mm -hmm. and they don't know whether this is going to end or not. True. So rather than just be so like irrational and, and that's easier said than done because it is mm -hmm. a heightened situation. But what I'm saying is that what, if you were in that situation, would you just say, oh, well, that's it, you know, bam, bam, bam. Yeah. I will say the smarter, you wouldn't the think about person, it. The average person would not do that. Uh, I think the average person would wait on, it, especially people of faith or actually, no, I think that some people of faith would automatically just take themselves out of the equation. A lot of people who were not of faith uh, would just mostly just wait. That's why I think. Yeah. I, and I do get that this is a film about people who are pushed to the limit you know <laughs> like their fear is escalated i understand that but not even coming up with any other like salute like hey what if we did this what if we did that what could we yeah. do hey did you try the radio maybe we got so far away that maybe a radio can work maybe we can, you know like god damn it <laughs> so yeah i definitely i definitely feel your anger i, I was gonna say uh i don't know if you've seen the tv show of the mist i mean oh. it's not it's not no, the not. greatest uh, compared to the movie. Uh, the movie's way better, but I do feel like they do delve a lot into like there is more rational people within the uh, show, uh, except for when it comes to like the people who are affected by the mist. Then you really get to see like a lot of people become very fearful and start killing random people and children too. Yeah, I I understand. You know, and and I'm glad to hear that because it is a series where you know you need to have characters continue until uh, other seasons. So there has to be that level of rationale in it. Uh, I don't know. That that's why I'm not a big fan of that. You know, just shoot your kid. You know, I don't. Uh, and then it's just like right after moments <laughs> later, yeah. the 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 army show like where were you, mother? <laughs> I will say it is. For the and I feel like this is a I remember there's someone who talks about this how it's a very Western and I always hate using that term but it is indeed a very Western idea about like family and stuff like that with a lot of uh, Western movies like to do is like they like to invoke familial pain right right they like to put like the family is the most important thing and that is true family is the most important thing but then it shows like something very unirrational shoots his kid, and then mere seconds later, the military comes out of nowhere. Versus, like, they could have taken their time, maybe a day later, or maybe he even, you know, at the last moment, you know? Surprised it, no one's very... done a Curb Your Enthusiasm meme moment <laughs> of that. that. Whole moment. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> you know, 
I don't know, man. Uh, yeah. it, it came off as kind of comical, especially when mm. the uh, that music starts coming in where you have the the, yeah. the lady singing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then he goes to his knees and starts trying. He starts crying. Yeah, man. Oh, like oh god. You know, I don't know, man. Not a fan of it. No, well, sir. Don't yeah. like it. Well, this was a a great movie that we talked about today. Well, I have a movie question, so don't try oh, to. Oh, movie it up question. Now. Yes. What the, who do you think? You're you're the first to go in the mist. I I swear. See, Brian the, thinks uh, he'll be the religious like leader. Oh my god! But he'll be the first one. To, you'll you'll be the redneck. I thought I thought you were. I'm gonna be the the stock boy and the boy who gets taken by the. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> by the bad CGI. <laughs> yeah, the the uh, tentacle. You're done. All right. Uh, movie question. So Brian, aside from mm-hmm. the mist, because uh, the mist I think is a very effective film you know it gets you <laughs> invested emotionally to the point where you, you get angry you get sad you're like scared <laughs> and i think a lot of it has to do with the twisting of faith and <laughs> i i think we can both agree on that so oh, yeah what is another horror film if you can think of one that uses religious fundamentalism to the best of its ability hmm well, I I have two options uh, for that. Uh, I would Let's say Carrie it. does an amazing uh, mm-hmm. description of how people use faith as a tool against fear, you know, sort yeah. of implying that, oh, if you have your first period, that means you're a sinner. Or if you just have any inkling of thought of being sort of human, then you're a sinner and stuff like that. And I think it shows like how people become to the max of trying to make sure that their children stay pure. And that's the whole thing about religion is making sure that people stay pure. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I think that using that to sort of escalate such a sense of, you know, abuse for a child, that is where it comes wrong. And uh, I would say another film that does uh, the whole thing of religion really well is uh, The uh, the Witch. Uh, oh yeah, the witch, the witch, the witch, uh, the witch, uh, the now like the witch. I will say it does that one a little bit more better too, where it sort of shows how it's set during Puritan times, right? It is set during uh 1683, I believe, or 1673. It uh talks about the first ever Puritans ever and stuff like that. Um, and I feel like it does a lot more good in there because it actually is during a time, a period of how religious beliefs did affect the lives of people during that yeah. time, especially uh, with uh, what are, uh, for, I forget, uh, the Salem Witch Trials, you know, yes, it does talk where, about that whole. And the Scarlet Letters, mm-hmm. you know, the ost- ostracization of people, the, 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 just how extremity was the norm. The Vivitch does a great example and carry. Yeah, absolutely. I, some I want to add quickly. The Omen, Red State, The Exorcist, mm. uh, the original Wicker Man, not the one with Nicolas Cage. I think that <laughs> one is epic. And uh, yeah, I think that's a great points you made. Great points we all made. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you all for listening. I'm excited to talk about the next one. Peace out. Brian, where can they find you? Uh, find me at VideoWarrior51 on Instagram, Twitter, and uh, on YouTube. Uh, thank you very much for having me at the Go Movie Podcast, Julius. Of course. Of course. Okay, Brian. Talk to you later. And uh, happy Halloween, everyone. Happy Halloween.
The GOAT Podcast is proof you don't have to look any further for movie news, reviews, trailer reactions, or special discussions. Subscribe, get notified about what's going on, and I promise you'll be entertained by our daily content on YouTube. If you want more, we're on Twitter at GOAT Film Podcast, Instagram The GOAT Podcast, and The GOAT Movie Group on Facebook. Get connected with us, see what's happening, and make sure to love it while you're doing so.